Let us pray. O Lord, open our eyes to see what is beautiful, our minds to know what is true, and our hearts to love what is good. Amen. Amen. In the ancient um, streets of Jerusalem, until the advent of plastic bottles, uh, you could hear water sellers with a goatskin bag full of water and a few glasses. And they were calling out to people to come and buy water to drink. And Isaiah picks up that uh, picture from the hot and dusty land of Israel. And yet there's a twist in it. The water seller would only give water to those who paid. But the Lord our God speaks through Isaiah with a warm invitation to the needy. Come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. We live in a world that's uh, created by God and much about his existence and character can be seen in the world that he has made. Yet many people do not acknowledge God and and much about his, uh, they do not acknowledge their dependence on God or look to put themselves in a right relationship with him. But God offers clear, pure water, rich, nourishing milk, cherishing wine and bread, the staff of life. They're often used as pictures in scripture of that which gives true satisfaction. In the New Testament, we read the story of Jesus miraculously uh, multiplying five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 men and their families. And Jesus' miracle was in response to their immediate need for food. We all of us, we enjoy delicious meals. And that's good. And we need to be thankful to God. But Jesus says of himself, I am the bread of life. He tells us, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now the essence of the Christian life is entering into a relationship with God. Jesus is saying that he himself is the one who will truly satisfy. It was the same in Isaiah's time. God's invitation through Isaiah was given to a people who were looking for satisfaction and national security in the long, wrong places. They were in danger of forgetting that they had been called into a covenant relationship with the Lord our God. They were turning down the invitation of the Lord our God to come and enjoy that which truly satisfies. They were spending their energies, wasting their affections for that which could not bring lasting satisfaction. They were worshipping idols and turning to foreign nations to protect them. They were establishing alliances that would lead to slavery to Babylon. And the Lord God calls to them, come to me listen to me eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare 
What will give real satisfaction for the soul and the spirit comes in listening to the word of God. As in Isaiah, God spoke, give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. We're created as people in the image of God. We're not just physical creatures with physical appetites, but we're also spiritual creatures with a longing to live in a right relationship with God. We need to keep the right balance between the physical and the spiritual to find the true satisfaction, the abundant life which God promises. Are we in danger of spending our energy and our resources on what does not satisfy when what we really need is offered free. We live in a dissatisfied, thirsty world, constantly looking for more. A world that turns away from God's offer and looks in the wrong places to find other ways to satisfaction. I'm really thankful and glad that when I was a teenager, I was given a New Testament at school. It was from the Gideon's uh, Bible Society, and it had a little reading plan in it with the reading for every day. And I followed the reading plan. I read it a little bit each day. I wasn't a religious child. My parents weren't churchgoers, but they did send us to Sunday school. And some, someone, I believe, must have been praying for me. I don't know who it was, but I'm very thankful. It's been a great advantage to have been grounded in the scripture as Timothy was. Timothy had been Paul's apprentice and assistant. He had heard Paul's teaching and seen his example of his life. The situation Paul and the early church found themselves in was bad and it was likely to get worse. Paul was in prison. It was cold. We know that because he says, can you bring my cloak that I left in Ephesus? He was lonely. Everybody had deserted him and gone to uh, other places, probably to do Christian work. And he was bored. We know that because he asks for the, the scrolls that he'd left somewhere else. And that he was expecting execution any time uh, they might call for him to be executed. The church was being persecuted. It was troubled uh, from outside by, uh, by um, Roman authorities and uh, it was troubled by the inside, on the inside, by false teachers distorting the truth for their own pleasure and uh, fulfilment. And Timothy desperately needed encouragement to stand firm. And Paul tells him what you've heard and what you've been taught and what you've seen lived out in my example it's the same as you learned as a child from scripture with your mother and your grandmother. Paul had passed on the living word, the inspired God breathed word, the sword of the spirit. And not only had he taught it, but Paul had lived it out in his own life, a life dedicated to God. 
What must Timothy do when Paul was gone? What would Timothy do when there was no more Paul to write letters to him? Paul leaves clear instructions. Continue in what you've learned. Timothy had learned the value of the scriptures as a child. And when he had heard the good news of Christ, his understanding of the Old Testament was transformed into a living faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So why are the scriptures so important? I'm going to ask uh, Yanni uh, to give her a witness or her testimony uh, to that. Well, for me, uh, growing up in the Netherlands, the Bible had an important place. The Bible was read every day after the meal and prayers were said. At night time, the older children would read to the younger ones from the children's Bible. But reading for or by myself did not start till in my late teens, after I had committed my life to God at a youth's conference at the Heisenberg in Hattem. They put me in touch with the navigators. I then attended a Bible study group and conferences and they taught us about setting a time apart to read the Bible. And for me, it became part of my daily routine to meet, because it is a relationship to learn and to listen and to share joys and difficulties and asking God for guidance, for God to speak to me through his word. I love the Old Testament stories and in the Old Testament, yeah, and the stories of Jesus in the New. As I've gone on through the years, I've used aids at times, like daily bread that some of you uh, use, or commentaries, study booklets on themes or Christian books at times. And the readings become like conversations, talking, praying about the readings, giving thanks, and reflecting on the day past and the day to come. And at times also taking time out, a longer time, going on a retreat or a, a holiday, especially to be more, uh, uh, to be with other Christians and to learn more. At the moment I'm reading uh, the Psalms and I find it really very encouraging, the way that they express the joys the sadnesses, but also the anger and the disappointments. And I feel that more and more I'm able to do that, to actually talk to God and share the things that I find hard. And from Psalm 94 today, a couple of beautiful verses. One was, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. And I've experienced that in the past as well as uh, at different times. Because the Lord has become my fortress and my God, the rock in whom I take refuge. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Yanni. That's, uh, that's great. Um, 
just to finish off, why are the scriptures so important? Well, Paul reminds Timothy, it's important because of its source. It's God breathed, it's from God, it's the word from God. It's important because it's useful. It's useful for teaching us, to rebuking us when we get it wrong, for correcting us and for training us in righteousness. And it's important because it has a positive purpose in our lives so that we can be fully equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Greek word uh, translated there, thoroughly equipped, was used in Paul's time for a ship with everything it needed for a voyage, a ship that was ready to face the unpredictable changing winds, ready uh, whether the ship became becalmed or whether it faced stormy seas. Now, none of us knows what waits around the next corner of our lives. We're often taken by surprise. And the Lord our God doesn't give us a detailed ground plan for every eventuality. Scripture helps us to be thoroughly equipped for every situation the Lord calls us to. Timothy was called to be a preacher of God's word. A preacher has to work with patience and perseverance. People often want to be told what they like to hear. And Paul describes it as itching ears disease. They, they find the truth of God irritating and they prefer something entertaining and less demanding. Well, to Timothy, this book that we had read to us today was the first book of the Bible I ever studied in depth. It made a deep impression on me. Studying Paul's second letter to Timothy helped me to see myself as a potential young Timothy called by God and his church to take up the challenge. I still love the Bible and my ambition is still to be a faithful teacher of God's word. It is because scripture leads us to God that it is so important. It's because it helps us to know and to believe the truth and to live it out that the scriptures are so vital. It's God's intention that we should find creative satisfaction in our everyday work and in our service to others. But if we let our work or anything else squeeze out our relationship with God, then we're living out our lives for that which will not ultimately satisfy us. God has given us every good gift to enjoy, but looking at any of these good gifts as our source of satisfaction will leave us disappointed. We can feed our senses, if that has its attractions, but pleasing our bodies to try to make up for inner emptiness only distracts us from the emptiness. The Bible warns us against greed, whether it's for sex or food or drink. In the same, it's the same with amusement. It's easy to pass through life following a, a restless appetite for new ways to amuse ourselves and to pass the time. But it doesn't give us that uh, satisfaction we're looking for. Wealth, possessions and status promise fulfilment. 
We think that when I reach this position in my, in my job, I'll be happy. When I own this or that, I'll be satisfied. And each of these aims may be good in themselves, but nothing will substitute for a right relationship with the Lord our God. None of these human fountains can quench the thirst of the spirit. Nothing can satisfactorily take the place of the Lord our God in our lives. If we don't take care of our spiritual life by attending to God's word, we will never know the full joy of abundant life. But thanks be to God, there is an open offer for us all. Jesus says to all who hunger and thirst for God, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What a lovely promise. What a lovely opening for us. All we have to do is acknowledge our thirst and come to him. Let's have a, a finish with a prayer. Living Father, as you gave true insight to those who wrote our scriptures, make us wise to salvation. Teach, rebuke, correct and train us by your word that we may be ready for any good work you call us to do. You have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Grant us purity of heart and strength of purpose, that no selfish passion may hinder us from knowing your will, that no weakness may keep us from following your leading, and that we may find perfect freedom in your service. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.